Hola, I'm Janet, owner and founder of Beauty Bar by Janet, located in West Hartford, Connecticut, near the Blueback Square. And I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at Janet underscore Richardson underscore artistry. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, this podcast was created so you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the LashCast podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. First, I want to give a shout out and thank you to Janet from Beauty Bar by Janet in West Hartford, Connecticut, for being our guest announcer. Today, we have Sarah Maxwell from Sarah Maxwell Beauty on as our special guest. Now, she has her own product line, does lash lifts, candles, and other things in the beauty world and lashes and all that. But she also still does lashes, and she has a very exclusive clientele. And we're going to talk about her journey and the type of clients that she serves and how she gets them and how she works with them. Hopefully, you'll take some tips because I know everyone out there eventually wants to be paid like $100, $2 an hour doing high-end clients while we maybe love our friends and all the types of different clients we get. You know, when you've been doing this 5, 10, 15 years, you really want to be paid for your time and your value. And Sarah's been in this industry for a long time, and she knows a lot of stuff. And hopefully you'll get some great information from her and how she did it and how she still does it. Now, we do have one announcement, and that is we are looking for guest announcers. We are almost all out. We've basically been doing this every week now, and it's because we're doing it more often. We are burning through our guest announcers. So if this is your chance to be featured on our podcast, we will promote you and a chance for maybe get some new followers or maybe who knows so definitely good things can come so please look at the script in our bio here and or on the show notes i should say and then read it record any way you want video audio then send it to paul at lashcastpodcast.com and we do have another course coming up guys it'll be at the end of august where we're going to teach you everything on how we built our salon to become a seven digit salon even in the middle of the great recession back in the late 2008, 2009, 2010 era. And so for you guys, I know we're right now kind of the cusp of we don't think fully feel it yet because we've been doing COVID-19, but the economy is slowing down. Things are not going to be as easy. And we're going to give you how you can still grow your business even while things are not maybe not so optimal. Like we've been growing this industry now for 10 years with nothing stopping us. And now we're hitting our first big kind of roadblock. And we're going to show you all the things we did so that you don't have to struggle and you can grow through this time and maybe hire your first staff, which would be very, very cool. All right, guys, that's all I have to say for announcements. And so why don't we just get into it here and talk with Sarah? I think you guys will find this to be a really insightful episode. Enjoy. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome. We are here live in the LashCast studios in beautiful Pasadena, California. And we have Sarah Maxwell with us today. We're very excited to have you on the show. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. welcome. So, Sarah... If you don't know her, it's someone you should know and you should follow. And we were very excited to have her on. She was actually one of our sponsors at LashCon. And then she basically has been doing lashes for a long time. And we won't get into that. But she also has a product line now. 
and all sorts of exciting stuff. So we first, I thought we'd just get into kind of look, so our listeners know who you are, maybe how you got into beauty, why, and kind of like your journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know all the gory details, but just kind of a general view, and then we'll you know go from there. Sarah's one of the OGs. Yeah, she, you know, she has yeah. been she has in, like, yes. So she's got a wealth of information that we can all learn from. Yes, exactly. Thanks, guys. Well, to start, I guess, the journey, I originally went to school for fashion marketing, which I never actually ended up using. But I do think I use it, like, Mm -hmm. I would say as a business owner, right? It kind of translates. I quickly moved to London after university and started hanging out with makeup artists. And some of them are really famous YouTubers now, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I journeyed my way to L.A. So there was a few stops along the way. Mm -hmm. And the goal was makeup. And my goal was to win an Oscar for a theatrical yes. period piece. Oh, yeah, something oh, like yes. that, right? Costumes. Yeah, something, yeah. something like I wanted to, I definitely wanted to do movies, and that's why I came to LA. Not sci fi, aliens, monsters. You know what? I really actually like that stuff, okay. and I had tried to, what's it called? When you get work for free. Um, at some of those bigger places, yeah, yeah. and none of them <laughs> would write me back because I think I was a girl. Oh. Because you know it's like a very man based still. Yeah, it believe still it or not. is. Yeah, so oh, no, that's actually something people don't know about Hollywood. I worked in the Hollywood for like fifteen years, and I always thought it was odd when you talk about saying, "Hey, you know, Hollywood's preaching." We all need to be, you know, all inclusive. I'm like, Hollywood's a guys Hardly, club. Yeah. It's I mean, you go totally to, a and you go on the club. film set, and it's like 95 percent guys, 100. You know, they have maybe a makeup artist, maybe he's a girl, and then maybe the script person is a gal, and you know, all the grips right. and everything. It's all men, <laughs> men, yeah. And so, anyhow. <laughs> so then, um, I started doing some of the Playboy girls when Playboy was still because I moved to LA like over 10 years ago, so Playboy was still pretty big back mm-hmm. then. They had the show on E, and one of the girls that I was working with got gifted lash extensions by extreme lashes and they said remember they said hey you're her makeup artist can we teach you how to do lash extensions for free you're like uh, i was like what are lash extensions (laughs) like i had no idea and so i was like very reluctant but i took their information anyways they said next time we do a class in la you can go to it and it was a three-day class two or three-day class yeah 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 Um, and um the girl that I was working with, she got her lashes done and she's like, you have to learn. Like, they're so cool. Like, you have to learn. And so I was still being super reluctant. I was like being so stubborn about it. Yeah, yeah. So long story short, I went to the class and I really did actually love it. What year was this, Sarah? Like 2008, yeah. I want to say, yeah. like something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Tuss had just uh-huh. been doing it for a few years herself yeah. at that point. So, and Extreme um, was, and it was well, so new. Like literally, like people were like, what? There was obstacles to overcome to get people to be open to it. Yeah, and for sure. And I remember the Extreme glue was like purple. Yeah. That's right. That was, that was a signature. <laughs> so that like, they were like, te- people were like texting me like, why is there a purple hue to my lashes? And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest with you. It's like a contact lens. Like, you know, sometimes they'll, they call it a locator lens because they put oh, a little bit of blue yeah. in it yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can kind of see. So then I quickly realized that I really liked it and I was like, I have to be able to like access people, right? Like the more people I can do, the better. Mm-hmm. At the time I was living with a boyfriend. He worked at a nightclub and I had gone through every cocktail waitress that worked for him. So I was like... <laughs> I, I don't have anyone else. And uh-huh, I had yeah. only lived in LA for literally six months. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. All my family's in Canada, so I don't have relatives to go through or high school friends or whatever. So there used to be a lash studio on Melrose and La Cienega called Makeup Mandy. Makeup Mandy, yes. Yeah, yeah yes, she's still around. She's yeah. still around. And yeah. uh-huh. I'm still good friends with Mandy. And I walked in there and I was like, hi, I do lashes and makeup. And can I work here? She was like, yes. 
So I started working oh, wow. there. So you started there. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to get my speed up and Mandy was all about speed. Mm-hmm. And she really prided herself on that. And I think that still some people are not about speed, but I'm glad that I learned that way because it kind of helped with the future and the clientele that I was about to get not knowing and how they want to be in and out really quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started. And then in the back of Mandy's studio, there was like a dusty box. And I was like, what is this? She's like, oh, that's a lash perm. (laughs) And I was like, what's a lash perm? She's like, I don't know. Just play around with it and see what you can do with it. Uh-huh. And I was like, I think it was Dolly Lash. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember Dolly yeah. Lash. We yeah, had a Dolly Lash kit. I just was really intrigued by it. And I was like, there's like no education for this. There's like no nothing. But it was always in the back of my mind. And it was always something that I was very curious about and how to further develop lash lifting and raise it at the same level as like lash extensions are. And there's so much education for lash extensions and there's not as much for lash lifting and I think that people just think it's very easy but there's a lot of science behind it Mm -hmm. so I just held on to that kit or the idea of that kit kit. till you know 10 years later or something like that but that's kind of how I got into the lash world I was kind of just told like hey take this class and you should do it and then I was like very intrigued by it and fell in Mandy kind of shop had fallen into my lap. I think I had driven by it a bunch of times and I thought, Hey, lash extensions and makeup, I Mm -hmm. should work here. Yeah. I only ended up there like six months and I got a really big makeup client and she still does lash extensions as well. And I kind of was just taken up into her world and her people and I couldn't work in the studio anymore. And it Mm -hmm. kind of just completely evolved and Mm -hmm. set the, this pace for my now Mm -hmm career as a lash artist, I guess. Yeah. So currently, do you have a salon? Are you seeing clients? Can you share with our audience like what makes you... I mean, I know the answer to this. I want you to share with everybody else. But the audience doesn't know. (laughs) Well, somehow I've become the unofficial lash person that goes to your house. (laughs) If you live in Beverly Hills, Brentwood, Pacific Palisades, or Malibu, I've probably been to your house. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about that because that's a really specific niche and that's a specific kind of client. So can you share with the audience who your ideal client is? Who is she? What is she? Yeah, what's her name? (laughs) You do not have to share any names. No names, But what I'm saying is like, what kind of woman is she? Okay, fair enough. You know what? I think that the lash women that I have seen over the year have definitely dictated the clients that I now like because Mm -hmm. I've tried all sorts of lashes on my clients Mm -hmm. and they've told me off for Mm -hmm. trying them. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. So when volume became big and everyone was doing it, I tried to sneak in the volume and I got texts being Uh like, what is going on? What did you do? Yeah. So over the years, I've definitely. And it crosses over into my makeup too. I have a very light hand Mm -hmm. and I pride myself on the art of subtlety. Mm -hmm. So I think that anything that you're doing, whether it's makeup, lash extensions, lash lifts, brows, whatever it may be, it's supposed to enhance. Yes. And not change. And not so obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's obvious. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Tuscans see it a mile away. See, this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk to you and have you on the show because I think in some ways we're kind of cut from the same cloth. For sure. In terms of our ideology, in terms of the kind of clients that we attract, the kind of clients that my clientele is a woman who is 
she's got a higher status. She's part of the one percent. You know, yeah. she's we love in, the one percent. By the way, yeah, I'm not mad at <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I don't no. hate them. No, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. You know, she's at the top of her game, whether it's professionally or her husband is, yes, or her partner, and she wants to look beautiful, but she does not want to look obvious. I mean, that is like the worst thing that could happen if she says, "Oh, somebody asked me if I had lash extensions." That's I was just like gonna say that the yeah. worst, right? Yeah. And I think that the kind of work that we do for them, it's it's really different than what we actually see a lot on Instagram. Yeah. I assume that your clients like mine, they like a very authentic look. They yes. don't want to be outed by their lashes. No, I remember years ago when I first started lashing, I got a text. And the client said, hey, I was just at the gym and somebody noticed my lashes. And I was like, oh, okay, great. She's like, no, 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 no. not great. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you just obviously went too long, too thick this time. So we need to scale it back. And I was like, oh. And I was like, I guess that's my client. And I'm really actually okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had this light bulb that went off my head. I had a client, a similar, she was dealing with a big client at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and the waitress came up to her and was like, oh my they look fabulous and she was absolutely mortified she was and she was so mad she even talked to the manager of the restaurant to say how dare that that waitress (laughs) say something like that to me because you know anyway but it's like being outed for a facelift or something yeah like I love your breast augmentation yeah Yeah, great job what are you talking about right (laughs) they're real it's like same diff hello no yeah Yeah. no it really is and I think and maybe you can speak into this the same thing I think it happened in the makeup world where I think when we posted this recently on Instagram, we said some everyone likes natural lashes. That's what most clients want. This is based on a Bella lash study. Yeah, that I, I think saw that. Yeah, we knew all along. Like, of course, yeah. that's what they want. But all you see on Instagram, volume, 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 or in the makeup world, over the top makeup, over the top makeup, and the people don't realize that the real bread and butter of the world is going to be in the subtlety. It's going to be in the real, the, yeah. actually, the real art that takes a lot more work. Is subtle art. Yeah. So I've had the luxury of being a faculty member at the makeup designery, which is oh, one of the big. Mi- really? Yeah, mud. Mud. Yes. So, um, yeah, so I don't get to teach as much as I would like, but I have taught. And yeah. what I noticed is when I'm teaching like uh, intro to beauty, for example, which is this makeup and lashes and all this, I feel like it's very, it's the same, right? Yeah. What I noticed is when I was teaching and I'm teaching theory and I'm teaching the backbone of, of beauty, you can build on it right? All these younger girls that are 18 to 21 really disliked me because all they wanted to do was a really bold brow. And I said to them, there's a couple things, right? So I said to them, when you're watching Jennifer Aniston on the big screen, Mm -hmm. does she have a brow that's noticeable? Yeah. No, she doesn't. Like the reality is, is that anything that's on the television or the movie screen is like, that brow cannot, unless it's part of the character, yeah. it can't take away from the viewing audience the following character. the story, yeah, yeah. right? All you want to see or watch is her brow. To yeah, the and then like you're just obsessed with like staring at her brow. And I think what I also would try to explain to them, and I got tons of eye rolls, is that just because it's on social media and you're bombarded with it over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again does not mean that it's good. Yeah. That's right. No, so, that's, thank you. But that's in the right. same breath... I do understand and I do it in my own way. Mm. It is hard to photograph a lash lift really great because it's subtle. It is hard to photograph classic lashes 
and get the impact. Uh, and get right? the impact yes. that you're looking for. And you can look at them visually with your eye and so can your client. And they look different than sometimes the way they photograph. So yes, do I at times find a great model with outstanding yes. lashes that doesn't necessarily need a lash lift mm-hmm. so that I can showcase my work? Yeah. Absolutely, because I want it to visually come across to some people. Yeah. And, but sometimes I post a picture of a woman that's you know in her mid-60s and has very short lashes that I'm even scared to work on and then I also get an amazing result. Yes. Because I want people to see that what happens in real life too. In the real world. Yeah. 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 I'm glad we're talking about this because what you touched on is like when you're doing that lash lift, it's hard to photograph. It's like doing a client for longevity, for the way that they, you know, it might not necessarily photograph all that well, but it's going to do the job for her. It's going to, it's going to wear very well. She needs the lashes not to look great this week, but next week when she's going on vacation, exactly. she just can't get in sooner because yes. she's going, you know. Yes. So it's like you have to plan it mm-hmm. so that they're going to bloom in a couple weeks. Yes. And longevity looks different than if you're doing something for an event. And so when you're photographing that, I mean, like as an artist, you want something, like you said, to showcase the work. And and sometimes when you're doing it for longevity, it's hard to capture that in that photo yeah. in the same and, way. And I guess back to your clientele or my clientele, I don't have the ability to sh- photograph a lot of my clientele. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I do the best I can, but as much as I like to stay slightly private, so do my clientele, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like a give and take. I don't have the luxury of having like, I don't even know if it's a luxury, but just a bunch of 19, 20-year-old girls with crystal blue eyes coming yeah. in and they don't mind shooting it because they love social media. Some yeah. of my clients aren't even on social media. Yeah. Most of hers you are know, not. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, Sarah's so, being super humble, so yeah. I'm going to translate what she's saying because I know exactly what it is. Basically, the clients that she sees are recognizable by their face and they're famous in their own right for entertaining and you have to protect that anonymity yeah. mm-hmm. and you can't one of the reasons why they trust you and they come to you is because you don't do that kind of no. stuff and when, by I've the never. way if you, and I've seen this there are some salons and I've heard that they'll, they'll anytime they get one person who's famous they will throw it all over their social media and I can guarantee you more times than not that celebrity is not happy about no. that no. they don't want everyone to know where they get their hair where they get their lashes where they get their makeup done it, that's part of their private life and, and to have that respect for them. And that's something that I saw. I used to, long time ago, over back in the early 90s, I worked in Shutters um, in oh, Santa Monica. I so Shutters. I worked at one of the, <laughs> and literally that hotel is just full from top to brim yeah. with Hollywood elite and producers and, they, and all that. And those people came there because they wanted to get away from it. To be left alone. To be left alone, <laughs> yeah. not called out, not put on social media. And I remember even, they would even say, we'd have to call them by their name, which would often be like Mr. Mickey Mouse, Mr. Mr. Donald Duck, Mr. Flintstone, because they didn't even want anyone to be able to call over the phone and say, I want to see Hugh Grant. And I'd be, and no one knows who that is anymore. But anyway, <laughs> Hugh Grant back in the 90s was a big deal. And Hugh Grant was, um, and then we'd be like, oh yeah, I have him here in my thing. Like, unless they asked for their specific cartoon or goofy name, they knew that was an insider. But anyhow, this is a yeah, side yeah, note. Yeah, it's yeah, idea yeah. to protect no, people's similar. identities. And yeah. that's really I what mean, it was something, uh, I was watching the Super Bowl and this, some tanning person, I, I don't even remember who it was, yeah. posted a picture of... Uh, J-Lo like performing and did like a huge long speech about how she feels so proud and blah 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 and I said to my girlfriend that was showing me I'm like who is this person they're like it's actually her spray tan person oh wow and it's like come on I don't think that you have to write like a huge long speech about <laughs> how great the spray tan translated during the Super Bowl like I don't know it's just <laughs> not like it's just not, it's from, not why they watch the Super Bowl by the way no everyone's <laughs> entitled to do what they want and yeah. I, I don't I don't choose to knock people and I'm not that person on Instagram like 
ever commenting negatively or that's just not my personality, but I just feel for my clientele and the way I choose to run my businesses is like, I like to keep things to myself. And I feel like people can read between the lines. And people will, in fact, I I, I saw this with a lot of celebrity makeup artists and famous people. They often didn't make a big deal that they were celebrity makeup artists. They they did celebrities. That's That's how you know that they're a real celebrity. They wouldn't put the celebrity in front of their name. They would say, I'm a makeup artist. Yeah, just makeup artist. I'm I'm not the person who says I'm a celebrity makeup artist. I'd be like, "Uh, are you really? Or did you one time accidentally get someone in your chair and now I'm a celebrity because I I think at the beginning of Instagram, I didn't want to write celebrity anything, so I put celebrated. (laughs) And then I felt even sillier, so I just have like nothing. Like, but uh, like I was just because you know it was everything was social media was like yeah. so new and you're yeah. trying to like navigate it and figure it all out. But I think that it's fine to be a little bit humble and slightly private about yeah. the work you're doing. And and I think that word of mouth is huge. Let yeah. your work speak yes. for itself. Yeah, yeah. versus posting all over Instagram saying who you are and what you're doing and and. and Possibly being just a complete fraud too at the same time. And I time. think sometimes that type of mentality usually creates a flash in the pan type career versus a career that is easily evol- you evolve, durable, durable, and then yeah. you can also evolve. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel like that brings a lot of unfortunately like kind of baggage with it when mm-hmm. you're like too in your face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can ruffle a lot of feathers. I think you exactly. will. Yeah, and I think also that people that. Our celebrities are going to think, do I want this girl exploiting my celebrity for exactly. to build her business? Mm-hmm. And what ways is she going to use my image? It's like, I don't want to be known like that. I, yeah. yes. You know, like if you think about like Tracy Cunningham mm-hmm. or even Dr. Lancer, mm-hmm. both of these people see every A-lister in the book, but on their social media, unless they have an agreement with And I think they people, do at times. I know start, Dr. Lancer do. has a couple deals with people that they openly talk about, but they'll talk about on their social media. Where it's a little different, right? It's like all of a sudden I'll see this one person go, oh, and they'll say, oh, and thanks to Dr. Lancer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so they're giving usually, a shout it's out. It's usually an agreement. Yeah, yeah. 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 some sort of agreement. Yeah. yeah, versus you taking advantage of the opportunity to post them all over you can your Instagram and you never ask them for that permission. I guess one of the reasons I'm talking about this is to encourage our listeners to think it doesn't have to look like the super glamorous volume look that we see so prevalent. And if that's your bread and butter, that's awesome. But if you're looking to attract a more consistent clientele, our encouragement to you is to work a little bit on the subtlety, on the longevity, on the authentic looking lashes, and not be afraid to play around with that. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's a space for everyone, but I think it's good to be versatile, mm -hmm. right? It's good to try all sorts of things. And there are some clients that want that volume look, and that's Mm -hmm. amazing, and that's Mm -hmm. great, and that's achievable. But I think that if it's like your go-to consistently over and over again, mm. it can shorten like how many different variety of clients right. you can see. That's it's all. It's like only a certain, I like to refer to lashes and different techniques as colors in a paint box. Yes. Right? So it just limits you. You only have like primary colors in your paint of box. Course, yeah. so you can't, mm. you know, you don't have yeah. as much can't do to as work much. with. Well, right? it's, like, it's like if you colored every, like some hair people are well known for blondes, but they don't color every single blonde the same way. Mm-hmm. Or I like to do subtle makeup but I can also beat a face when necessary. So I think it's just about having versatility. I think a lot of 
lash brands talk about like you can't just lash every single artist the same no you can't so it's i think it's just it ties into that right for those of you who are just learning and are just starting out that's okay because you do have a couple tools in your tool belt and then you learn the basics and basically everybody gets kind of like the same look in the very beginning but as you mature and as you grow as a stylist you begin to add some more nuance into those and like you said like every blonde is different that's why in some ways there's a little bit of controversy, not controversy, but with lash maps, because you have to take into each individual person a little bit different, like what they're presenting with. You know, just like you said, if somebody comes to you and says, I want a natural makeup, and one gal's, you know, an African-American Fitzpatrick six, and one is like a, a two on the scale is completely... Not going to be the same makeup. It's not going to be the same makeup, <laughs> But right? I also think too, like adding on to what you said with the lashes is if you're new to lashing, you don't have to panic. It doesn't have to be such a drastic difference. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it can just be like minor tweaks. So if you're doing a, a lash map and you're kind of try, trying to do a cat eye, where your cat eye starts. It might not mm-hmm. be like every single time, three tens, three elevens, a bunch of twelve. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's subtle differences. It doesn't, right. it doesn't have to send you into like a tizzy or like, I don't know, I can't wrap my brain around this. Like how am I supposed to do something yeah. so drastically different for each client? Mm-hmm. It's just like little tweaks. Little minute things. Yeah. Like maybe just a slightly different curl, a tighter yes. curl at the end. instead of a straighter one. And be okay experimenting. That's how you learn. If you keep doing the same thing on every client, you're never going to learn where your boundaries are and where your limits are, right? And I think you see a little bit of that control. Like people get afraid. Well, if I go too far, I'll either damage lashes or Mm -hmm. I'll do something that'll look freaky. Don't worry. If you're new- you can scale back the next time, right? If you notice that you tried a new map or back to lash lifts, if I processed a one minute extra and I was like, ooh, they came back a little bit, a little bit frizzy this time. You have your notes from the last appointment and you go, okay, maybe I went a little too long on that lash lift or maybe I went a little too long on that lash extension and you can just tweak it and that lash cycle is going to be okay. It's totally going to be okay. <laughs> but it's if you totally do it like yeah. consistently appointment after appointment then yes it's problematic. You it can be yeah. Del- yeah. deleterious. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because I just I just know that you're just a wealth of information and I just want to pick your brain because the kind of clientele that you seek are there's a lot of the clientele that we want our listeners want. So can you give us just some insight to how you relate to them how do you manage how you talk to them like, like my relationship with them your yeah. relationship with them because outside of the lashing almost yeah or just yeah. like when you first see them okay like do you share all about what's going on in your life do they feel like you're a friend do or do you only talk business how do you engage with them okay. like what does that look like can you take us through that like when they first open the door to you like what, what are you how do you <laughs> yeah, greet yeah, them yeah, like no, literally no. most of the time I'll either get I normally get a text right because mm. so what I've noticed with my clientele and listen I do do some clients at my house just for the record so I have a small home studio mm-hmm. and I am there and it is an option because obviously a house call is expensive right mm-hmm. so there is that option for starters but usually I get a text message from them or from an assistant, mm-hmm. right? Whoever is yes. working for them. I was one of those assistants at one point in my life, <laughs> way back in the day. So, <laughs> you know, like uh, my business partners for the Lash, for our consumer line, always are like, Sarah, like do an online booking, like do this, do that. And I'm like, I cannot with this clientele. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's one thing for me. And I see a lot of other Lash artists talking about online booking and how it alleviates time and returning text messages and et cetera. For the type of clientele that I tend to draw in, mm-hmm. I have to have a really personal relationship with them. So how how soon when they send you a text do you respond to them? Um 
over the years, it's d- slowed down. Before, I think I was anxious and nervous to get back to them. And, yeah. I, and I was like, oh my God, if I don't get back to them right away, they'll book, somewhere they'll else. book someone else. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit more lax because I have, I think like last year, I counted that I had 150 active clients. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's hard for me to service all of them. Yeah. And we can get into this later. I've tried to have people work under me, it becomes slightly problematic as well because nobody really wants to see them. They just want to see me without sounding big headed because I'm like, no, I trained them. Like they're Mm -hmm. great, but it's less about the skill set and it's more about me as an individual. And the relationship that they have with you. So at the beginning, to go back to your, your original question, I was very, very professional to the point where like, I definitely am good at reading people. Mm -hmm. So I always took cues as to what level of conversation that person wanted. Mm -hmm. Again, I see tons of people posting like that they tell their clients that they're not allowed to speak. Uh, And that is not something that I can do. (laughs) Like these people want to talk to me. So, and I see a lot of lash artists saying that they listen to podcasts or have earphones in. I actually tried that and it did not fly. Hmm. My clients are like, you what? I was like, well, would you want to listen together? Like some of my old, like I have clients that I've been doing for like 10 years. I have some OGs that have been around for a long time and they have no damage and they still have lash extensions on. High five, high five. Let's let's start a club. (laughs) Right? So I really go based on their lead, right? Yes, I'm probably 90% therapist and that's okay because- I really like the human connection of this industry and of artistry. And I like that they trust me with their secrets and they trust me with my opinions. And that's really more important to me or just as important to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's actually something that I've been thinking about more often. Like, how do I create something with that without trying to like make it about money but I I like the fact that beauty has such a human touch to it and I like to I'd like to explore it more but I really just it really just depends on the person at first I wouldn't hang out with them at all Mm -hmm. I was really like no 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 like uh, I have to go home to my daughter or whatever Mm -hmm. because you're at their home right so well yeah and and uh and also like they want to invite me to parties like be like their plus one or whatever and I was a little bit more apprehensive about doing that Mm -hmm. because when I first started out as a makeup artist, I was less apprehensive about doing that because I just moved to LA and I was young and I wanted to make friends because yeah. I moved here not knowing anybody. Yeah. But what tended to happen was when I became too friendly with these people, they assumed that I was going to work for free. Exactly. Oh, it blurs the yeah. line. Yeah, so it really blurs the line. Yeah. So I've become really, really good at that line not being blurred, yeah. which is something that takes a skill set, actually. You have to just it's do it and so learn yeah. by mistake, I'm guessing. You just kind of, because every person's a little well, different. Well, unfortunately, too. I can think just off the top of my head, I had two really, really great clients that I not only loved as clients, but loved and had a good, consistent working group uh, relationship with them in my early years. And I became very good friends with them. And the relationship did break down mm-hmm. because the line became blurred. And so I've learned from my own mistakes. Yeah. So now I have, you know, one client that I can think of off the top of my head who not only is one of my biggest clients in terms of like I work with her the most, mm-hmm. but she also has become my best friend. But we oh. have a very there's it's black and it's white. Like I'll spend Christmas morning at her house, but she knows if she books me for makeup the next day, mm-hmm. that's nothing to do with our friendship. Yeah, that's a job. And I said to her in the past when we, you know, just in passing and it's never been a problem, like the reality is, is like one, you don't have to be my friend, right? Mm-hmm. And one, you don't have to book me for makeup. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be your friend 
and I'm still going to do your lashes. So like you can pick, like I'm not going to be insulted. I think that that's where you have to be careful as the artist, the lash artist or the makeup artist or the hair person. If you start to become insulted because they're choosing to work with other people but still be your friend, you have to be okay with that. Yeah, that's a you, you, know that's what I mean? a you problem. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not, not a yeah. them problem. And it's the same as like, it's a them problem if they don't understand that this is your job. You could become friends with your doctor or your accountant, but you still respect them professionally when they're doing your taxes or yeah. doing your annual checkup, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's something that you have to be super black and white about. Mm-hmm. So Super clear with yeah. the boundaries. Yeah. And also super okay with yourself. Yeah. Also that you're not threatened if somebody goes somewhere no. else. Yeah. And I think when I see a client, you know, lash extensions are a little bit harder, but I'm not so sacred about them when people say like, they won't work on a foreign fill or I'm not so sacred about that. I'm like, I can work around this, you know, I think that that is like, it's not a big deal. Or if, um, if somebody got their lashes lifted at somewhere in Beverly Hills and then they got them lifted with me six months later and then they go back, I don't mind stuff like that. It's not problematic to me. I don't mean to insult anyone, but I think that that stems from a little bit of insecurity Mm -hmm. because I feel like if there is a problem with that fill, I can quite honestly say to that client, it's really hard to tell where the problem stems from because you have two fills basically in one. So you just have to be, the, I tell the client, you have to be okay with the fact that there might be a problem with this first initial fill and mm-hmm. it's nobody. And it's going to work transition itself yeah, and, and where, yeah. You just manage their expectations. Exactly. You say, okay, there might be a little bit of a, a bumpy road for you as the exactly. artist to get around it and to explain it, but yeah. it doesn't mean that you have to turn them away. There's no. always something that you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's silly to remove them all. And then in my mind, if I go to see somebody and they want to remove everything and then do a full set, for me, ding, 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 right away, it's just because they want the money for a full set. Yeah. I'm not of that mindset. I'm just like, okay, if you want to fill let's do the fill but we have to manage your expectations this is how it's going to behave and we tell new clients look we'll do a fill on anyone it's okay but we don't know what you're coming in with so i'm not going to guarantee the same longevity that we normally get testing clients go usually four weeks but maybe the first time we'll go two weeks or something like that and then you'll have to come back but after a couple fills we'll get you in the groove and it'll be fine and clients get that they understand you're changing artists they have different ways of doing things and they're not going to be angry about it and i do think it's mostly driven by fear usually a lot of people out there who are saying i don't take clients with lashes are afraid. They don't know what they're going to get and they don't trust their own skill level. Mm -hmm. You guys have been doing this for a long time. So I think your skill level is there. It's also the confidence of being able to educate the client. Mm -hmm. So like maybe before I was like scared to say that to somebody, they'd think like, oh, she's making an excuse up or you know what I mean? It also stems from there. Like if I say to somebody like, I'm not really sure how this fill is going to last in terms of um, retention five years or six years ago, I would have been like, are they thinking it's because I'm not good? Like, you know what I mean? So like it stems from that too. Whereas now I can just say, Hey, listen, you have still 40% of your old lashes. I don't really know how they were applied in what environment, with what glue, Mm -hmm. with what tools I'm going to fill the Mm -hmm. 60%. And my assumption is those ones are going to stay I don't know what's going to happen to the other 40. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. it, that's just, this that's this you life. Just, you yeah. just share it. Yeah. So for our listeners, like what I'm going to encourage you, if you're rather new or anybody who has a situation that they don't feel certain, super confident about, mm-hmm. my suggestion is just 
to take the client and say, let me get in there, take a look, and I'm going to do the best that I can, and then I'll we'll have a little powwow at the end and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So yeah. as you're working on them, do the best you can. Don't freak out about the things that you can't control. No. Okay? But you can say, okay, this is what I can do, and then you're just going to tell them at the end of the service what you did and what they can expect from that. Exactly. It doesn't mean you have to bash other people's work. You don't have to say, the person that you did that came in did a terrible job. No. no you don't ever There's say no something like no. that. Yeah. You explained. You know, 40% were done and this is how they're going to wear the 60% that I did. If it doesn't look great in a week, you can come in and book another appointment, whatever. And, and by the way, what's good about this is this is how you get new clients. You can actually advertise, promote yourself. I do fills on other salons work, <laughs> which a lot of other people won't do. They'll be like, I don't take no. other. You can get some new clients that way. Not that you're trying to be snotty about it, but you're just saying, guys, I can fill anyone's work. It's okay. Yeah. You just, like you said, you need to know how to well, manage the client. Have you ever gone to a hair salon and they said, oh, that's well, right. who <laughs> dyed your hair last? I can't take you. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. So, I won't cut this hair. I didn't cut it originally. Well, I just think like if we want... Collectively, it's true. <laughs> yeah. if we want, I just can't help you. You got to leave. Or like yeah. nails or eyebrows or anything. So if we want collectively as like a lash community to, I guess, be taken seriously or to mm-hmm. evolve like every other beauty world has evolved we got to be like cool like i think you yeah. know what i mean we totally yeah. have to be cool exactly like you, you go see a doctor they don't bash the other doctor you know but no. who took out your appendix before me? i know right no. i won't do your kidney surgery, surgery. Yeah. yeah yeah no it changes and i think there's a lot of it's just again fear and people are afraid yeah. of getting themselves in a situation i remember with our staff our staff would be terrified if someone came with our lashes because they knew what our gold standard was, what the expectation was. And I think for us, we had to continually communicate, guys, if you get a fill from someone else, it's okay. You know, if the lashes don't last as long, because you don't know if they walk in and they're all glued together or something like that, you're going to have to have a difficult conversation. Go, I just look into those lashes and we don't want to bash the other person, but you got to find a way to communicate that, you know what? I know you come here thinking you're going to get a four week experience. This first time, I think we're going to you know, aim for a two-week experience. And if you ha- you're happy, we'll come back and we'll do it again. Yeah, yeah just managing. And I think it's that's just the, a conversation. That's, yeah, it's just a fear. conversation. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about what went wrong or what's good. And or, who's to blame? Like yeah. that no, other no, person or no your reason. lashes no, no, no. are crappy. And so you, you need to start using your growth, <laughs> which may be the truth, but you know, you don't no, have no, to. No, no, no. It's yeah. just a conversation. Yeah. yeah. One thing I wanted to throw in is a, a tip that uh, came up when you were talking about how when clients come in and some people are saying, oh, just be quiet and I need to do my lashes. I know Tusney has her clients who want to lay there and sleep and the other ones who want to talk. It's a, it's a mixed bag. And I heard this, we were at a conference a couple of weeks ago called Sears Business. One of the things that, one of the speakers shared about was an intake form, which I don't think you were in this one. Oh, no, were you? I think I heard, you saw yeah. this? It's really cool. On the intake form is what do you want? So let's just say that the person wants something, they have a special event. The Oscars are this weekend, right? So yep. they want, I want big lashes. I, I don't care. It's for the cameras. They could last for three days as far as I care. That's all I want. They tell you the style. Now, this is for a hairstylist, but we can say for lashes, you can do the same thing. What do you have coming up? And that, so they fill out, I want big, I want long, I want impactful. And then the very bottom of the form, which was really cool, is like, how talkative are you today? Or how oh, engaged yeah. are Would you, you like today? Would you like this to be a silent appointment? Be, or... So from one to 10, do you want to be silent? Silent, which is zero or one, or do you really want to be talkative and you have so much to talk That's about? Cute. It's like it was, the Uber drivers now. Do you want to talk? Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was kind of cute, and it was a nice. And you fill it out as a little pre. So when you come in, you look at the form, and you can real quickly assess. Oh, they want they have some coming up, a big event, and they want this, and or if they want a water afterwards, like we we have amenities or something like that, they could say, Oh yeah, I want a, a water to go or I food like to go. That. Yeah, that's it's good. It's good cool. for the salon experience if you don't have that because. Yeah, it's hard for me to do like an intake 
form yeah. when I'm at somebody's house. Into- they're like, no, like I'm not filling <laughs> no, this no. out. Just come into my bedroom. Yeah, yes. yeah your situation is a little bit yeah. different. But, yeah. so, but I'm sure there's tons of other people that are doing like house call services like mm-hmm. out there that are listening. I think you have to just use your like social cues and be really yeah. good at maybe asking a question and seeing if the response is... 30 seconds long or one word and then you know going based on that right mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. so there's ways to create your own kind of yeah. intake form like with the way you're communicating and the language you're getting back whether it's they just put a blanket on right away and they're like ready to sleep yeah. you know what I mean or, or earbuds in or whatever yeah. yeah you can do like a uh, visual cues too right mm-hmm. what I heard you saying was when you couldn't imagine like listening to podcasts or anything like that what I took away from that is you couldn't imagine that because you're so focused on what it is that they need the minute their mouth moves you're there to listen well yeah and I think too like when you're predominantly doing house calls I'm in a really intimate setting with these people. Yeah, it's a little different. It's very different. Their kids are often in the room and I can't, Hate on people's no. kids when yeah. they're at and their they're home. moving and the they're table moving. and the cats jumping and up the cat and they're and the saying dog. go get this and, yeah. Yeah. and there's yeah. housekeepers or there's nannies or there's husbands asking questions being annoying or whatever <laughs> else. Do you know what I mean? Why are you doing this again? Yeah, and you got to be cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Totally have to be cool. And you kind of have to sometimes act like a fly on the wall and not like really even be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, because especially when you're working with a certain type of clientele and you're in the most private parts of their home mm-hmm. that they don't even want the general public knowing about at all yeah. because of a fear of like me telling somebody, oh, I was in so-and-so's bedroom, and they have red sheets. I don't know, like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever. So you really have to take that into consideration too, you know? And I think... Do they have that, like the elephant man's um, skeleton remains <laughs> from your, right? Michael's house? <laughs> but I think also like you have to, you, you, and listen, everyday people or however we should say it, if they can afford a house call, they also want that type of respect too, right? Absolutely. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. And also I think like I always say, like when people even come to my home studio and they're talking, like I always try to remind them that it's like a lash fault, you know, like we mm. don't talk about whatever happens when we talk about stays. lashes yeah. stays here. Unlike the salon world where it seems like whatever happens in the room gets shared with everyone. (laughs) Well, I think more so with lashes, it's interesting because when I do makeup, you have to look me in the eye. Mm -hmm. So when you're telling me something really private, you have to make eye contact with me. Hairdressers, they make it through the mirror. But when people's eyes are closed and they're lying down and there's beautiful music playing and they're cozy and they're comfortable, Mm. they will literally tell you anything Anything. because they don't have to make eye contact. I've never heard that explained like that. That's pretty (laughs) amazing. Because it's also their their eyes are closed. They're in such a vulnerable and Mm -hmm. trusting position. You're like touching them. Yeah, there's something You're trusting them with your eyes. You know what I mean? So I think that you have to be really respectful of that too. Mm -hmm. And each their own, but like I wouldn't be listening to a podcast or I wouldn't be because Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair for like that person Mm -hmm. who's like you said in a vulnerable position like I want them to feel like I'm giving everything them my undivided attention yeah yeah and if I'm quiet for like 45 minutes to an hour and a half Mm -hmm. and I'm focused in honing in on my craft that's not a bad thing Mm -hmm. no you know I just wanted to share a story. You said it had to be a fly on the wall. I remember doing a house call, and she was getting ready for a shoot for a, a, a big magazine, mm-hmm. and she had double-booked the appointment with the massage therapist. Oh, yeah, always. And, yeah, and then, okay, so not only that, but there's her husband, who's her business partner, and he's, like, going over this major 
project that they're working on together. And so, like, I'm having to do the lashes mm-hmm. while she's getting a massage. So she's totally being moved, moved on the table. And hard, yeah. The whole time it's like, everything's cool. Hey, whatever you need. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's just let Oh, my gosh. I've done lash extensions standing up because the person was pregnant and they wanted to be like on a wedge bolster. So basically okay. I stood up the whole, yeah. but I actually didn't mind it. It was like kind of nice to be, it was like kind of therapeutic. Yeah. But the massage thing too, what I normally, <laughs> as a tip, anybody out there, whoever gets the massage do a combo, I actually ask the massage therapist and the client if it's okay if they just do the feet and the yeah. le- and the legs yeah. uh, to start. Body, yeah, yeah and, and then they're a little bit more mindful of the movement. But another good one is, which I actually don't mind because I feel like they're happy, pedicure and manicure at the same time oh, because okay. there's less movement with that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then they feel like they've killed two birds with one stone and mm. then like they're happy and you can kind of take your time yeah. because you can gauge it based on the pedicure and manicure and you're not feeling like so rushed. rushed. Right? That's good. That's yeah, good. so I do that one. I suggest that one. Sometimes, can you share any kind of silly story about like anything like that that's happened while you've been on location? Oh gosh, without seeing anybody's no, no, I'm sure there's plenty. I mean, I think that I just have really seen it all. (laughs) Yeah, so nothing surprising. No, like nothing off the top of my head right now is like sticking out because I think I've actually like witnessed all things where I'm just like. Like, uh, it just doesn't phase me anymore, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just, okay. There's been things that, I mean, I think the funniest, actually thinking of it, one of the funniest things, and it's very stereotypical to LA, I guess, somehow a rehab in Malibu, like one of the really nice ones, mm-hmm. got my information, mm-hmm. and I've been requested to come out and do lash extensions uh, rehab on, the, on the people on the, that are, you know, <laughs> taking 30 days off whatever yeah, substance, yeah. and I've gone out there. And I have done lashes at this particular center and it's like the nicest house on the PCH, like wow. in Malibu. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they're probably paying like 60,000 for the for their stay. And I just thought when I first got the phone call, like it was years ago, I was like, on, like literally only in LA. Like, were, yeah. are you only. being asked? Like, exactly. who cares what you look like when you're at While rehab? You're in rehab. <laughs> I was like, but th- listen, yeah. it was fine. Everyone is lovely there. And it was like, Comical, and you know what I mean. Yeah, right. It was comical, and hey, if they want to look great while recovering, so be it. (laughs) But I did at the time think like this is wild. Like never would you think, you know. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of people I know listening, they're working in smaller towns. Go, oh, that's great. You got celebrities, but you know what? Truth is. Every community has a celebrity, whatever it is. It may not be a movie celebrity, yeah, but there may be person. someone yeah. who's big in City the, Hall or someone big... who's, who owns the biggest company or totally. whatever it is. I grew up in the Silicon Valley, and Steve Jobs was the guy there. I mean, I lived in Cupertino, and if he was at a restaurant, we all knew Steve Jobs was yeah, in the yeah. restaurant while we were there. So everyone has that in their own community, and, and so those people have a certain way about them. Mm-hmm. And you built that kind of clientele, the ideal client, where I would bet you a lot of our people right now go one day i like to have high-end clients that pay the top dollar for that what do you feel like there's two things we can talk about one would be how did you build that and how did you connect with that audience and what things do you do that would attract that audience because i don't just think doing lashes like everyone is going to attract that audience like if you just do like everyone else there's going to be certain things that maybe you're doing that attracts that kind of clientele so maybe first how did you Find, network, connect, market yourself maybe. And then saying, what did you do personally you think that made you the person, the go-to person that they wanted to connect with you? Or how did it evolve that way? Yeah, I would say the initial step into the kind of 
clientele that mm-hmm. I, I've been so lucky to have was a lightning in a bottle situation. Mm-hmm. It just was. Yeah. I was at the salon that I, we were discussing earlier, Makeup Mandy. I did this woman's lashes once. I had a really great relationship with her, like uh, like a, not relationship, but like a back and forth. Yeah. We exchanged information. She lived in England, in London. Oh, wow. And maybe four or five months later, she said, hey, my lash lady here has a VIP client that's going to be staying in Beverly Hills. Like, can I share your information? I was like, sure, great. So I did that person's lashes. And after that, she was actually not just visiting from London, but she was moving here. And after that, I just saw a total change in my career. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it evolved from that particular moment. So do I think that, yes, I, I did do good work for that woman that like recommended me? Absolutely. Yeah. Did I have a nice relationship with her and back and forth? A hundred percent. I definitely vibed what she wanted in terms of like a social or like communication. I did mm-hmm. my best to do the, the lashes that she wanted. But then after that, I think not only was it um, connecting with that client, but it was being really cool with everybody else around her, mm. meaning her hair person that I would cross paths with when I was leaving her house, her nail person, mm. her brow person, whoever else she was using for services, mm. they became my allies. Like they became my group. Your ambassadors. Exactly. Yeah. Because it wasn't necessarily that client that was offering me to her friends because she quite honestly wanted to keep me to herself. Mm-hmm. And at a point I was on retainer with her. Mm-hmm. It was everyone else around her. Yeah. So jump in real quick. That's yeah, yeah. something people don't know about the high-end clientele. They don't like sharing no. you with their friends. No, 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 no. And this is why it's so hard to grow in this part because of the world. Because they won't refer you. Because they know, not the referring <laughs> yeah, type yeah. because they know if I refer you too much and I can't get you, you when I need you. you. Yeah. Just so people no, understand that. But there is also um, within that is... is um, if you are able to prioritize people, people instead of money, yeah. you're going to go far too. So if you really cultivate relationships, like my first ever paying client is still with me. She's coming on Saturday at 9.30. Like, awesome. She's still with me and she wouldn't even think to go anywhere else because not only do I service her as a service provider with her lashes, but we have a friendship and I put her as a person first. Yeah. So like... Paul was saying sometimes they fear that they won't get you because then you've gotten that bigger person and that bigger person, but you can't think like that. Yeah. So you got to think about longevity and mm-hmm. like long-term relationships as much as you do about how quick of a buck you're going to make because mm-hmm. that's not going to help you in the long run, right? Yeah. So it's about creating relationships and bonds. And I think that like women... Beauty's important to them. Like it's mm. like the way they look and how they feel, and it helps them feel better about themselves inside. And it's not vain. It's like an expression of themselves. So you have to be like on that ride with them. You mm. know what I mean? And they want to trust you. And prioritizing people is, I think, important. And it takes time <sighs> yeah. too. I bet you this was not like in three months you were one hundred percent booked and God, slammed. No, and no, no, no. And listen, I even have slow months still. Like yeah. In July, it's like, if you know LA, everyone's gone. Somebody's like, everyone's in the south of France or on a yacht somewhere. (laughs) And you're not. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And you're at home, but you have other things to work on anyways. So it's like, fine. But you got to take, you got to like kind of roll with the punches. Like January and February are always crazy busy for me because it's it's like award season season here. But like you ebb and flow. So that's why like, you know, I started doing the product line because you have to see other sides of the coin. So it's not always just service, service, service. I Mm -hmm. said, what else can I do? And I decided that I wanted, instead of maybe doing a salon, which is usually the next step, but because I have a different kind of background, like Mm -hmm. I'm not 
I wasn't like a trained esthetician, right? Or like a trained cosmetologist that went into lashes. I was a makeup artist. And, and make- you had that merchandising background as well. Yes, yeah. and makeup artists don't tend to work in salons. So for me, the dream was never, I want a salon and I want like five or six girls working under me like that. To me, that doesn't seem fun. Yeah, no. Like, it's just not for me. Like I just feel like I, I didn't get into the beauty industry to manage people. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. hate to say it like that, but that's how I feel about having a, like a storefront. Because people fine. ask me all the time, like, why don't you have a storefront? And I've thought about it, like, okay, maybe I should. And I go back and forth mm. and I look at spaces and then I decide not to go for them because I haven't had, I don't have everything figured out, right? Yeah. But I'm more about the artistry. I'm more about product development. I'm more about relationships in that terms. I love training. And I want people to flourish like as business women and I want to support them in that way, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have to manage them. Yes. Does that yes. make sense? Oh, so it's absolutely. like well, yeah. t- Tuss would oh agree with you gosh, so much on this one. I am one. just like, you know, it's like Managing I want to say so hard. don't mm-hmm. take that bait. That wouldn't be satisfying to you. No, because I see like my peers, you know, they have salons and they're doing multiple locations. I'm like, shoot, like am, am I doing this wrong? Yeah. But then I try to like step back because it's all the things that you're bombarded with, like social media and stuff like that, and you see what other people are doing. So it kind of skews your perception of what, yeah, what, you, think, what you think you should, yeah. what you really genuinely feel in your heart you should be doing. And I love um, empowering other people. And I love talking to girls about how they want to run their business. And there's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to have to like make them do something within my salon that's, oh, you know what I mean? That's no, not no, them. No, no, so no. that's why I like doing the trainings or, we, or why I developed the professional products because I want to support artists and I want to make them feel like they can achieve whatever they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to have to necessarily like go to a shop Monday to Sunday or whatever yeah. people do. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's good to be self-aware about that because yeah. I think some people do feel like the natural progression, be a lash artist, get a salon, mm-hmm. get a product line, become a trainer, yes. and that's your only options. But no. everyone can find their own path. Yes. And it's and where your joy is is going to be different than other people. Yes. And if you can see up front that, you know what, Especially if you never managed people before, yeah, it's probably not going to be your your strong suit. No, and listen, I've had assistants over the years, and I loved my assistants, and most of them left because they started having their own clientele, and some yeah. left because we had a disagreement, and that's okay. But I realized after having assistants, and I mean, even nannies, just for my personal life, I have yeah. a child. I realized like this is not what I want for the way I want my brand to grow. Yeah. I love product development. Like I'm fascinated by it. When I moved to LA, originally I almost left LA and went back to London and took a degree in cosmetic science or cool. yeah, like cosmetic I, chemistry. Yes, like yeah. I really was like maybe I want to be in the lab. Yeah. So, over the years I do both. So I like ebb and flow between makeup and lashes and I've been beauty ambassadors for brands like Smith & Colt which you know really well. Oh, yeah. And and I've done bodyography and I've gotten the opportunity to go into the lab. So when I got to do those things for other brands, I was was like, it was fun for me. So I wanted to do that for myself. And I saw that there wasn't always so many products readily available. Over the years, people have been like, why didn't you do this sooner? And I thought to myself, I don't want to do it until there's a point. You know, and I felt like when I noticed that keratin was really important for lash lifts and all my clients were getting way better results when I started offering them keratin at the end of their appointment, Mm -hmm. 
I thought, well, that's a product that performs and there's a hole in the market for it, right? Like there's some great keratins yeah. out there, but like there can always be a better keratin or a similar keratin. Mm-hmm. And growth serums, like same thing. Like I thought growth serums, I always tell my lash extension clients to do a growth serum. I don't tell them to do it every day. I tell them to do it like two or three times a week because I think I call it like the sports bra for the <laughs> lash extension, right? Like that's what I tell them. I'm like, you got to support them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I so. Know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I have so, my sports bra on. So right there now. became reasons for me to do the product line. And I also thought I wanted to start out as an expert in lashes and also take into consideration my background as a makeup artist and develop the full line eventually mm-hmm. into like a full color cosmetic line, just starting at the eyelashes. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, people have done it before. Anastasia Beverly Hills, you know, she started with the brows and now she has like a full cosmetic line. So I'm not like creating anything that's totally unique but I thought to myself that's where I want to be you know and I can support other artists and communicate with women and empower women and stuff in a different way than necessarily like just having a salon or whatever else right that felt more comfortable to me or it gave me joy like you said yeah that's and so I think cool. that's something we need to see more and encourage more in our industry because I think we see Instagram and we get scared that I'm not doing it right or I'm not going where everyone else no. is going. It's a combination of your what you love and what you're good at. And I mean, Th- gosh, I things. still do it all the time. Yeah. So like if you're starting out in year two and you're being bombarded with social media because – when I was in year two, there was no such thing as, yeah. as social exactly. media. Yeah. I can understand where you can kind of go astray. Mm-hmm. So I just think you got to just like refocus and like realign and say like, hey, I'm okay being an independent lash artist yeah. and maybe having two breakthrough products that you love. Or yeah. I'm okay. But then on the other side, I want a salon and that's okay too. And I like managing other women and or mm-hmm. other men. And I thank I, you. Yes. Right. So <laughs> yeah. and that's what I want for myself. And that's good too. You know what I and mean? And then also by the way, you can try and then say, no, it wasn't for me. Or and that. Move on. Yeah. Or that. Give it by trial. And then for us, why we do events, I mean, we ran a salon for 13 years and now here we're doing events. Yeah. Guess why we're doing events, guys? My background was producing film and producing events. So guess what I get to do? I get to produce LashCon and Lash Cruise. So fun. Because I like producing events. And you're and, bridging two things. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking my interest, which is I love what Tustin's doing with lashes, and I love events, and I'm putting those two things together. Just like you had a background in product design and all yeah. that stuff, so you're taking well, your listen, interest. Well, listen, when I first started doing lashes, I think me being reluctant to take that original Extreme Lashes course is yeah. I thought to myself, if I do this and I like it better then makeup, and I uh, focus more of my time on lash extensions, I am then a failure as a makeup oh, artist. That's what I thought yeah. as like a younger person. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea how much both of them would complement. Mm-hmm. Most of my lash clients, I do their makeup, and most of my makeup clients, I've done their lashes at some point, right? Mm. So it's like yeah. I never thought like that naive person that was like nervous to fail at one or the other or one to overtake the other never thought like, oh, it could be both. And evolving is is good like I said to you guys I wanted to come here and do movies and then I had my daughter and I was mm-hmm. like that's impossible yes. because I don't want to be on set for 15 hours yeah. a day and miss mm-hmm. her childhood mm-hmm. but does that not mean that when she's 21 I could say like hey I want to take this movie in New Zealand and I'm gonna do it yeah but like there's no reason that I I can't do that yeah. so I think that you just you know like like you guys said you could open up a salon for three years and just because you choose to close it doesn't mean that it was a failure. It was just a part of your career. Part of your journey. Yeah. 
I know. I forget where I yeah, learned this or I read it. this, but there yeah. was a podcast I was listening to, and they talked about actually Seth Godin project based. That we've moved into a culture now that is more a project driven culture, yes. versus a career culture. Yes, where you would go into a job and you work forty years yeah. and then you die. You get your pension. Yeah, you, know. you get your pension. All now it's like you start. In your 20s, oh, for five years, I worked as a makeup artist. And then at 28, I decided to move into lashes. And I did that for another 10 years. And then after that, I decided to go, like, say, movies. And then I moved over and I transferred over to movies. And I did that. It's like your career, while maybe doing similar things, evolved. And you had stages and you had projects you worked on. And you don't have to feel like you have to be stuck your whole life doing one thing anymore. Yeah, it's like our parents, like probably yours and mine, they couldn't wait to retire, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Like, it was like you do this job and you do it for 40 years yeah. and then you cannot wait to retire at 65. Yeah. It's like I can't imagine wanting to retire at 65. Yeah, I'm not so I think it's like a different, it's just a different mindset and it's good to evolve. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? And there's no shame in no, saying the stage is done and then moving on yes, to exactly. I mean, for us, we've had to process, we're done being salon owners. Yeah. And well, at first we thought it would be the worst thing in the world and we were heartbroken and we definitely cried over it. At this point, it's almost been a year, and we're feeling actually very good about the new stage yeah. that we're moving into, and we're yeah. very excited about the new opportunities. And it's just different, so it's fun again. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, this is so new to us. Yeah. It's kind of exciting to see it's what's like going to unfold. You. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're stuck in your career right now, maybe it's time to mix it up and try something new. And combining, really, I mean, we've seen this with Melena, with Lash Happy Club, finding something that you're good at. And then combining that with your love for lashes, you never know what you can come up with. There's yeah. so many opportunities. Yeah. So That's many opportunities. Cool. I'm just looking at the time and we're just going to keep going, but I think we should probably oh my, wrap this yes, up. Right? It's been an hour and it's been amazing. There's so many things that I just wanted to say. And you can, you, we can finish one well, more thought just, if you want to. I just to. wanted to like wrap up one of the things you said a while ago about just the takeaway is be kind. Be kind to everybody. Yeah. Not just your client, but anybody that your client is is in connected with. And that's just good news for us. I mean, good advice for us anyway. I think, yeah, because you get clients from it. Yes, exactly. You don't know. The other thing that you said is is, it's the relationship. You know, not so much that money right then and there, but it's that relationship and the person that you're investing in. It's a wonderful takeaway. I mean, plan for the long game here, guys. And that's not three months. Three months is not a long game. Even one year is really barely getting to the long game. The idea is that it's basically like a two, three, four-year game we're playing here because that's where relationships, trust is built. You can't build trust in like a one-time sitting. No, not at all. And I think like, um, you know, some people ask me like, why are you still lashing like after 10 years? And that's the reason why. It's because the relationships, Mm -hmm. like I would miss them so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like, it's like when I look at like um, makeup artists that I admire, they're like OGs, like a Pat McGrath. Like, do you think Mm -hmm. Pat McGrath's ever going to stop servicing her her mm-hmm. quote-unquote clients which are supermodels but she's not you know what I mean and mm-hmm. she's evolved she has a makeup line and she got herself on Instagram and she's killing it yeah. right but she's never gonna stop being an artist either yes. so it doesn't have to be like one or the other and it doesn't have to be like that person did it that way so I need to do it that way I think that's probably the takeaway mm-hmm. you know the most and it's just like it is relationships the money will come, you it know? It will come uh, yeah. as be you patient. grow and your patient. expertise. Yeah. And when you find something that you absolutely love, whatever that niche is, it's it's going to come. Yeah. 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 
Well, that's cool. Thank you, guys, and thank you, Sarah, oh, for being for here. Me. This is really cool. It's really excited. We met. I met you. I think it was just before Lashcon. Yeah. You had reached out to me. And we yeah. Did, I think our first phone call was like an hour. We yes, just it was. Talked yeah. For a long I was. Time. I was in Malibu. I remember I was like on vacation with my daughter. And oh, okay. I was like just driving. I was driving from Malibu to Disneyland, and I was oh, talking you to you. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember getting done off the call. I talked to Tessa. Oh my gosh! I just talked to this really cool person, Sarah. She's one of the OGs. She's been in here in LA for a long time. Do it before a lot of people and. It was like talking to an old friend. And yeah. It was really kind of cool to be able to connect and see a lot of similar kind of stuff and information and so forth. So it's great finally to get you in the studio. Yeah, thank you for having Introduce me. Introduce you to everybody. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be, I'm sure, hearing more from her. She's going to be actually a sponsor on Last Cruise. and. And we actually just talked. We're going to have our own, uh, definitely at least on one of our panels at LashCon or the, the Lash, Lash Conference. Conference. So mm-hmm. that's going to be really cool too. So we're really excited. Thank you. By the way, let's let people know where they can find you on Instagram and so forth. Uh, my Instagram is Sarah Maxwell Beauty. We do have like two sub pages that I try my best to service, but most stuff is on Sarah Maxwell Beauty. Okay. Yeah. And then you have a website too, right? Yes, yeah, SarahMaxwellBeauty.com. All right. Everything Sarah easy. Maxwell. Keep it easy. Keep yeah. it no, very simple. No, we didn't yeah. even get a chance to talk, but I just she shared with me, um, you've got one product now that was featured on Top Shelf. Yeah. Oh, oh that's yeah, that's new. right. Is, is well, okay, that, yeah. so we do have like the consumer-facing product, which is a growth serum, a keratin, a mascara, and an eye makeup remover. And we do have professional products. So yeah. we shouldn't forget that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. But we also just by happenstance, have a full perfume line. So we have four perfumes and we have two candles now. Mm-hmm. And I just, all my clients all the time were asking me, what are you wearing? Why do you smell like that? Give it to me. Mm-hmm. And so one client just said, why don't you just put it in bottles and sell it to us? So I go. did it. And actually because of people like Vanny up in Montreal, who became a friend of mine through Sugar Lash, uh-huh. like the Lash World loves live too. That's like the mm-hmm. Lash World scent at the minute, which is really yeah. funny. And it's kind of just like taken, a, like yeah. it's become like a kind of a perfume, funny enough, for like a lot of Lash people know about it, which I think is so amazing. Lash ama- too. Okay, I'm going to try it. Live too. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like too, yeah. so great. But yeah, Top Shelf Beauty just put us in their Lash box for February. And like, I'm hopefully everyone can smell it and love it as much as I do. And the candle would be great. And yeah. the studios, people's studios, it's not overpowering. It's like my clients like love it. I burn it in my home studio. Yeah. So. And lash lifting too. You have the whole section. Yeah, on there we have like the that. we Lef- have all the pro products that I've curated myself and made myself and use myself. So yeah. they're all up there. Cool. The, the so check it out. Yeah. yeah, go to the website. You'll see all that there. Otherwise, again, thank you so much, Thanks and we'll see you again. I'm sure soon. Yes. Thank you. wraps up this show thank you for tuning in i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast podcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my last wife tusney as well as our special guest sarah maxwell i want to thank you for taking some time to listen keep on lashing and remember you have a friend in the lash industry